What can I say, Taylor? May the Lord bless you. She honors God, and may the Lord honor her and be with this family. Okay, here we meet again in the church, and uh, I'm thankful for those who are here and those who couldn't make it. We pray for them, that the Lord bring them back to us safely. Uh, let's open our Bibles. to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 1. And when he had come back to Capernaum, he, meaning Jesus, several days afterwards, it was heard that he was at home. And many were gathering together so that there was no longer room, even near the door, and he was speaking the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four people. And being unable to get to him on account of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they laid down the pallet on which he, the paralytic, was lying. And Jesus, seeing their face, said to the paralytic, My son, your sins are forgiven. But there were some of the scribes sitting, may God, may God save us from those, sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus perceiving in his spirit that there were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise and take up your pallet and walk. But in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said then to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your pallet, and go home. What happened? He rose and immediately took up the pallet and went out in the sight of all, so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this before. May God bless his word. Let's bow our heads and say a prayer. Father, this is your word, not mine. And we are trying just to understand it more. So help us all together 
to profit again from it. It's a story that we know, but you can explain it even clearer to us. We depend on you. Bless the hearts of the people and help us to obey the word we hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a subject I've been meditated on for meditating on for some time. And I said, Lord, help us to get something from this story that mostly all of us know. And here I am. Help me out and pray. Christ title visits Capernaum. Capernaum was a nice city in Upper Galilee, and Jesus, in his ministry, he stopped there many times. Some scholars say he had a home there, but he never had any home there. But they, they speculate. But he always came there. Uh, maybe Peter had a home there and so on. This is not our subject. But the subject is, if Christ where to come to, where do we live, San Ramon, Danville, uh, your church, if Christ visits our town today, what would he find? This is what Jesus found in Capernaum. I found three kinds of people and these three kinds of people, I made them under H. Dean, three H's. That's Dean's trademark. I'm stealing it. He found first hinderers. Secondly, helpless people. And thirdly, he found helpers. May God help us to be in that third class all the time. The helpers. And I cannot say that we are hinderers or helpless people. We were helpless, but now we got help from Jesus Christ and he changed our lives. Nevertheless, if he personally visit you and me, what would he find in our hearts? Would it be the same condition that he found in Capernaum? Or would he leave the place happy that he found lots of helpers. And I thank God for the helpers we have in the church here. I want to share with you the first category of people, the hinderers. 
the hinderers. They were there. Christ found them. And he knew they were only hearers, not doers. There are people coming in to judge the Lord himself. To see what he's going to say. Remember, he judged them in his heart. And they were sitting, it says in verse 6, these were scribes and others, followers. He said, they were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, judging what the Lord was going to say. And immediately when he said to the paralytic man, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. Oh, no one can forgive sins except God himself because they didn't believe that he is God. Luke tells us in his gospel that people who were in attendance, those hinderers, they were curiosity seekers. Distinguished audience and someone said they were cold-blooded critics. Well, let me ask you a question. We don't come to church to criticize. God forbid. We come to church to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, period. We come to take the word of God, digest it, and live by it. And these four people who were Carrying, we, we, we get to them later, hopefully today. <laughs> they couldn't find a place to take this man and come close to Jesus. No one would give them a place. No one, we, they make a little space so they can go in. No. That's why they went to the roof. We'll come back later. And let me ask you a question. Today, many people go to churches. Many. Do they go to hear the word of God? Think about it. Churches are all around us. Or do they go to evaluate and critique what kind of a church, who's the speaker, or to hear the music, and so on and so forth. To see what kind of preacher they have. May God forbid we don't have them here. And we come to church to honor God by worshiping him, as I said that. Many people come in and they don't Look at the church as a place of worship, but as a place of judging others and critiquing others. Some of them attend only because it's convenient. These are the hinderers because it's convenient. On top of that, 
When they attend, they come at the end of the meeting, at the middle of the meeting, and then they leave. And they do not partake or participate in the worship service. Have you heard the story of Jim Smith and Ron Jones? I don't know. If, uh, if you go back 18 to 20 years, you might have heard it from me. Okay. <clears throat> Jim went to church. Listen to this. On Sunday morning, he heard the organist miss a note. Uh oh And he winced. He saw a, a young lady talking when everyone else was praying. He felt certain that the usher was not doing his job properly. It made him boil, the story says. Five times, by actual count, he caught the preacher in slip of the tongue mistakes. That was me. He caught me. It happens. And during the invitation, he slipped out the door. And while muttering to himself, what a waste of time. Do you know some of those? There are some. Now, Ron went to church also. He heard the pianist play an arrangement of a mighty fortress is our God. And you know what he said? He was stirred to worship the Lord more. A special missions offering was received, and he was glad that the church supports a missionary, and which we do. He especially appreciated the sermon that Sunday. It really spoke to his heart and a need in his life. He thought as he shook the preacher's hand and left, how can anyone come here and not feel the presence of God? So Ron went to church and Jim went to church. And may I ask you this? One more thing before I ask you this. They both went to the same church. Each found what he was looking for. What do you think? Where do you classify the first one? He was a hinderer. He was a hinderer. But what a clear and vivid picture. Everyone who only comes to church to see what kind of people there and to judge and critique and see here and there what kind of people they are. My advice to you, and I thank God for each and every one, when I want to go to church, I want to as I said before, to worship my Lord and Savior, period.
hinderers. I read a story, I'm sorry if I'm giving you a couple of stories today. I read a story about a woman, where, where is it, here. A woman driver whose car stalled in the traffic. And she was unable to get it restarted. The fellow who was behind her and thus unable to move, yeah, traffic, and he thought it necessary to constantly show his impatience that she is not moving and the traffic is not moving by honking his horn every few seconds. You know how annoying it could get. Finally, the woman walked back to his car and said, if you will go try to start my car, I'll stay here and honk your horn for you. <laughs> and I'm not going to ask this question, but the story goes, it says, are you, who reads the story, are you a honker or helper. These were the hinderers. So many times, it is the same thing in the church. Same case. The one who is not doing anything to help is also the one who makes the most noise, complaining that nothing is happening. Again, are we helpers or honkers? Thank God, as far as I know, you're a bunch of good helpers, and may God bless you all. The number two, the Lord noticed there are people who are helpless. And that's why he came for the paralyzed man. That's why I read this story. Was so helpless that he could not come on his own strength. He had to have some assistance. This man was sick. He couldn't help himself. He was in the eyes of the Lord. He was a sinner that needed the Lord Jesus Christ to save him. That's number one. What a clear and vivid picture of everyone who is a victim of sin. Every person before he got saved, in attendance, every person, we were all paralyzed. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't help ourselves. And today, I offer Jesus Christ who can save and change your life. And what happened with this man, eye to eye, looked at the Savior. He healed him, he forgave his sins, 
and he told him, rise and pick up your bed and go home. Isn't it your experience? When you came to Jesus Christ, isn't it what he did to you? Because he never rejects or refuses or turn his face away from a need. And this man needed Christ to save him and God saved him. He saved him, he changed him. And what happened, things have changed. And life became sweet to him. And can you imagine walking the streets of Capernaum, carrying his stretcher, if you will, please, carrying his bed and going home to talk to his mom or his friends or his father or anyone to talk to them? Because he said, I met Jesus and he changed my life. If you haven't, if you haven't taken Jesus Christ, if you haven't met him, he's here today and he's asking you to give your life to him. To give your life to him and he will save you from sin. He said, he said your sins are forgiven. What happened to the woman who was caught in adultery? What happened to her? She came and they wanted to stone her. That's man. That's the life we live today. Guilty. Kill her. They wanted to kill her. Then they met the Savior. A Savior is here to give life and not, not to take away life. And if you're thinking this way, please change your thinking. Jesus came to give us life and give it abundantly. I'm quoting the Bible. Jesus came to save you and give you life, an abundant life that you've never experienced. And I hope if there's someone here or more than someone here, that without Christ as Savior, I pray with all my heart, tell Jesus to come into my heart, change your life, and you will leave a different person. The third thing, Christ found helpless persons. He sorry, uh, helpful person. We said, we said, he came, found hinderers. We mentioned them a little bit. He found a helpless man and saved him. And he now found helpers. Helpers. Let me ask you a question. If I ask you to lift up your hand, how many helpers do we have? You know what would happen? All the church will lift up their hands because we have so many helpers. And thank you for that. And the Lord will never forget what you do. The four helpers, the four helpers, they might have been living in the neighborhood and they saw him. And one day, these four were talking together, said, 
let's do something and take him to Jesus. He's coming to town tomorrow. You know, they didn't have any way. There were no cars. They don't have a carriage. But they, they came together and made a stretcher and put the man on it and carried him through town all the way. Can you imagine when they were walking with him, what people said? Maybe they laughed. They were sarcastic. They said, what are they doing? Plus, whenever Jesus comes and visits a home here, they, can't, they wouldn't be able to go in. Let me tell you, these four helpers, maybe one of them was healed by Christ earlier. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking this way. Maybe two. Maybe someone in their home. I, I do not know, but one thing I know, that they accomplished what they wanted to do. And what did they show? Number one, they have compassionate hearts. Compassionate hearts. Those helpers were so compassionate. They sympathized with the suffering man. They did not offer the usual words. What are the usual words that we all see? We'll keep you in our prayers. Now, said, we are going to take you to Jesus. They didn't, they say, hey, we cannot go somewhere else and take you to, to a church. That comes later. They knew who can heal him, and no one can heal except Jesus Christ. As I said, whatever sin you have made in your life, no one can erase it by his blood, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Period. I want to call them more than helpers, if you allow me. Builders. They're builders. How can we build people? How can we make this man one of us to follow Christ? Second thing, these helpers had faith in Christ. They didn't take him to a hospital. They didn't take him to uh, medical help. He said, it didn't work. They took him to the one who can help, the only one, Jesus Christ. They had faith and faith in Jesus and his power. And then... They devised a plan. How to get our friend there? How to get him? As I said, they knew, they knew what Jesus can do. They didn't want to take him anywhere else. And they knew which home he was in. And we have to get there. And these helpers, another point I noticed about that, they had cooperation. I don't think they've ever carried a stretcher. But they did make, they make some kind of a, a stretcher and carried him, the four of them. They had to walk in unison. And they did. And they reached the house. 
And there were problems there. They couldn't go neither through the window nor through the door. People were everywhere. You know, I don't know whether you, you can figure out, the houses were built with a flat, with a flat roof. And the flat roof is made of gravel and dirt. And they put two, three layers. And then, in order to get to the roof, on the outside, there is a stair to go out. My uncle had a house like this, and I used to enjoy going up on that stair and uh, up to the, to the roof. That's what, why they said they had to dig the roof and come down. They looked at this and said, let's go. Let's go, these four people. And then they opened the roof and got him down to Jesus. And Jesus looked and said, rise. Rise, you came to the right person. Rise, pick up your pallet, pick up your bed, and go home. I hope we are all helpers like these. These helpers knew where to go. They knew, knew who heals. I pray with all my heart. No one is a hinder, hinderers. And if there are some helpless people, Jesus came to help the helpless. And if you are a helper, thank God that he gave you this gift. Go and be a help to anyone that comes across your way. And if you feel that you are not the saved person, Jesus did not address you yet like this man. Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And I say the same things. If you are away from Christ this afternoon, I say Jesus says, rise, rise, pick up your bed. Rise, leave your sins. Rise, forget the past. He will erase it completely. Don't let the past disturb you. God, Jesus died for the past, for the present, and for the future. And rise and go and with him. And you know what? And he will send you home. You will be home. Who, what's home? Home is with the, with the children of God. Home is your church. Home is a new life. Home is the abundance of being with Christ. And you will live a new life you've never experienced before. Come to Jesus this afternoon and join the helpers and you will face this future without fear until Jesus comes. Let's bow our heads. Father, we are thankful that 
we have the energy, the health to come to church on a Sunday morning like this. And we're thankful you have allowed us to hear your word. May it be clear in our minds, in our hearts, and may we follow you wherever you send us. Help each and every one of us, Lord, to be a helper, not a honker. Help us, Lord, to continue, and if we are helpers, to continue until you come to do your will and to love you more and to obey you until we see you face to face. Lord, be with each and every one. We remember those who are not here. Bless them. Heal the sick. Bring back those who are vacationing and be with them all. And for us, as we go home, protect us from the danger of the road and help us to honor you the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.